You are Locked On Hornets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. In a minute, cuz, we live. This is the Locked On Hornets podcast presented by the Locked On Podcast Network. It's your team every day. Local experts on the number one daily sports podcast network. You can find the show and find the host on most social media platforms on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, links and handles all over the show notes. I'll just say it for you again. You can find the show handle on most social media platforms at Locked On Hornets. Myself on Twitter at Walker Mail, Doug, Doug Branson, LOH, and Nada, who joins us on Fire Fridays. Hopefully he joins us tomorrow. You can find him on Twitter at not of the scribe. I'm going solo today. No Doug to distract me with any kind of jokes that he has. Yesterday was ridiculous, man. Doug was in a different world yesterday. They're always great to toss to him until I actually need him to feel compelled to say something about Miles Bridges, and then it just all gets torn apart. But hopefully Doug is having a good couple days off here from the Lockdown Hornets podcast, and I'll just continue to do it solo. So Devontae Graham is up on the docket today. I find Devontae Graham extremely interesting given the point guard musical chairs that might just take place here with Kimball Walker might be leaving the organization would like to see Devontae Graham's role next season. So Devontae Graham's very interesting to me. I like this evaluation more than a lot of the other evaluations that we've had past present future should be interesting to get to all throughout him. And of course, in the last segment, we'll talk about the NBA playoffs had just one game last night, Portland able to come out on top against the Denver Nuggets, even with Damian Lillard not having the best game. We'll get to all that in the last segment, as we usually do, but should be a pretty good show today. And I like looking at Devontae Graham, like I said. So let's look at the past real quick. The former Kansas Jayhawk, drafted by the Atlanta Hawks, and he was the fourth pick in the second round, 34th overall. And you see Mitch Kupchak trade two future second-round picks for Graham, And then afterwards, he signed that three-year, $4 million contract, $2 million guaranteed. The first two years of that contract are guaranteed. And I actually like this. what's, What's cool about comparing and contrasting Mitch Kupchak to Rich Cho is you saw Rich Cho throw away second round picks, just threw them away, would trade them for things that I don't know how valuable they were. Like, I like the Billy Hernan Gomez trade fine. You know, that that one's okay, but he just always used second-round picks. And here was my problem. He never got any back. So he saw that they could make some trades happen, yet he never tried to get any other second-round picks coming back in any other deal. And that is certainly not like Mitch Kupchak. You can see how much Mitch Kupchak values the second-round selection. And so Mitch does a much better job of handling second-round selections than Rich Joe ever did. At least you're trading second-rounders here in Mitch Kupchak's place to move up in the draft and get somebody who is still at peak value. You know, Devontae Graham is somebody that the, the ceiling is endless for him as far as what you think, right? Like, Devontae Graham is still, if you think he's going to be a good player, then you're not getting him after one or two years and then he's getting traded like a reclamation project. You get in on a guy that you really like and you go and you get talent in the draft. And I liked that. Now, we can't remember another time where Rich Cho tried to go get somebody in the second round that they thought was very good. They try to go get him by utilizing enough assets to go get somebody that they think can be of real value in the future. And so by trading the second round picks for him to move up in the second round I think that was just fine so I like Devontae Graham you guys know I like Devontae so then we go to the summer league Graham balled out in summer league 
And through the first two games of this past summer league that he participated in, he was the best rookie out there on the floor. And there was no doubt about it. Remember, Miles Bridges didn't show out all that well the first two games. Devontae was better than him. He was better than Kuwoka. He was probably the second best player behind Billy Hurd and Gomez. And, and Malik Monk was really good the first game before he got injured in summer league. And then Miles got better as camp went on. And I think you would have to say the best rookie eventually was Miles Bridges. But Devontae played very well in summer league to the point where you felt good about him heading into the regular season. So you look the first little stretch of Graham's professional career, didn't get playing time, inactive nine times, only played in 13 of the Hornets' 33 games, the first of those. And then after that, he got a little bit of a stretch. Late December, right before the turn of the year, Devontae Graham was able to get in 13 consecutive games for the Hornets. And in those games, Charlotte went 5-8, and eight, and Graham averaged 5.5 points and 2.5 and assists per game. And so we get a first peek of what Devontae Graham has to offer. And it was good. We liked what we saw from him. You, know, you guys know me. At the beginning of the show this season, I was all about some Devontae Graham. And I still am, by the way. There's some still there's things he needs to work on, for sure. But I like Devontae. And I think what really helped him was going back and forth from the G League to the NBA. And you could see he played 13 games in the G League. And in those 13 games, Devontae just destroyed all the competition. You could see him get better even in the G League. In the G League, Graham averaged over 20 points, shot 38% from three, averaged five assists, and one and a half steals per game. So, okay, it's like, it's, it's like he's the 4A player, right? Too good for minor leagues, but not good enough to play in the major leagues yet. That kind of is what Devontae Graham was playing at. And it was good for James Brega, who kept checking in on him, kept che checking in on Dwayne Bacon, who we'll talk about on a later date. But Devontae Graham even mentioned how much he liked it. He said, quote, to the Charlotte Observer, it's been tremendous confidence-wise and conditioning-wise. It's taking what I learn here, meaning the NBA, taking it down there to test it, and then it's translating that up here when I get minutes. <laughs> like, it, it makes a ton of sense. So you learn some stuff from Borrego, you go down to the G League, work on it against some minor league basketball players, come back up in the NBA, start to refine it, and you start to see some of the benefits pay off. And look, Devontae Graham needs to get better at shooting. It's his rookie year, right? I'm not, I don't want to put him in the Hall of Fame, but Devontae Graham did a very solid job, but the numbers need to get better. So in the 46 games that he played, all in all, right? We talked about how he went on different stretches here and there throughout the season. So in the 46 games that he played, Graham only averaged five points, not even, 4.7. He did it on 34.3% shooting from the floor, awful, it's not good, and 28.1% from three, not good. But man, you look at Devontae's stroke, it's not broke. I mean, I just told you what his percentage was in the G League. So you dwindle that down a little bit, but you don't have to dwindle it down the 10% that it was. Man, Devontae's got a pretty shot. I like Devontae Graham's shot. And I think he is strong enough. He's not tall, but he's strong enough to where he can finish inside and start to use his body a little bit. And I think him learning under Tony Parker and Kimba Walker has been fantastic for him. Devontae Graham is going to be fine. In fact, uh, not that it's necessarily a bold prediction, but the 34% from the field and the 28% from three, I think that goes way up next season. I mean, if it went down, certainly you would have some problems with that. Like, it's, it's not like you can go too much further down. But I think that's going to take a pretty damn big spike up. Like, give me 42% from Devontae Graham next season from the field and give me 
I don't know, 33, something like that, 34 from three, which will be fine. And then you can expect those numbers to go up. Maybe field goal percentage-wise, 42 might be what you're hoping for, 43, 44, whatever, right, for the, the, through the course of his career. But I, I, think he, I think it spikes way up, man. I think him already being an older player, I think you've already seen the development through the college years and through the G League. I think it's just been extremely impressive what he's been able to do. And so we've got a couple of other things to get to here because there's not a whole lot of content. I've just rambled on about some of the stuff that he's done the past and the present, what he's done this regular season. I find his future really fascinating, even though I kind of got into it there with some of the predictions that I had. I just find his future fascinating with Kimba Walker probably leaving this team, Tony Parker probably leaving this team. What are they going to do at that point guard position? We'll talk about it next. We'll take a quick break, and we'll discuss it further on the other side. Are you in your car a lot, driving to work, driving the kids around? If you have a smart device in your car, and more and more of you do now, tell your smart device to play Locked On Hornets. Don't fumble around with your phone and Bluetooth. Just say play Locked On Hornets and make drive time L-O-H time. You won't regret it. Appreciate you joining us and listening to us right now. We'll come back with you after the break. You are listening to the Locked On Hornets podcast. (laughs) <laughs> now here's the funny part i was listening to this to prep it for the show and um my wife walks in and was like what are you yeah listening right, okay. to that's a little scary cool. if, if you don't have the context if you walk in and you start hearing that yeah that's darth vader i didn't have pants on that didn't help <laughs> yeah, either. No, that's... Um, it's time for more of the locked on hornets podcast Thanks again for joining us on the Locked On Hornets podcast. Want to give a quick shout out to the Essex Home Studios, a part of 730 The Game, ESPN Charlotte. But always, always want to give a shout out to the Gittimer.com studios in Uptown Charlotte as well. If you're in sales and need help, visit Gittimer.com today to learn how they can help you do the one thing you want to do, and that's make more sales. So you're joining me as I talk about Devontae Graham, the most promising second round selection that we've had with the Bobcats back here ever. Am I forgetting somebody? I don't think so. (laughs) And we've talked about it a decent amount. The lackluster history of the second round selection in this new reborn again Charlotte franchise. And you see Jeffrey Taylor as one that was promising a few years ago. And then that quickly went downhill. And you just haven't seen many second rounders pan out. And so while yesterday... I talked about Miles Bridges being the best prospect that the Hornets have had since Kimba Walker. Devontae Graham might be the best second-round prospect that we've had. Well, Dwayne Bacon. I am forgetting about some guy on the team, right? Dwayne Bacon looks really good. But maybe even after their first year, you like Devontae Graham a little bit more. Maybe that was the parting gift from Rich Joe. Maybe that's it. So Devontae might have missed it by a year because Dwayne Bacon certainly does look good. But the point being is that we have not had a whole lot of second rounders pan out for this Charlotte franchise. And Devontae looks like the guy. And so now he's at a point guard position where there are a ton of young studs throughout the NBA that are young point guards. And the point guard position is as loaded as any position out there in the NBA. It's a point guard league right now. You know, you look at guys that played in the postseason this year that are either first-year point guards or second-year point guards, 
it seems like even already in a point guard driven league, we're just restocking, not to mention John Morant and maybe a Kobe White who's coming up in the draft. Maybe they'll pan out. They're going to be top 10 picks. So you look at first and second year guys, Derek White, after playing in the G League his first season, Derek White has that monstrous game in game one, I believe, against the Denver Nuggets was awesome. Second year player. Oh, how about the Denver Nuggets? Monte Morris is awesome. Second year player. Go to a couple of the other guys like Alonzo Ball, even guys that you don't know about, right? Like Alonzo Ball, there's still enough talent. I think the Lakers did miss him when he was out with that injury. You know, Colin Sexton, maybe you're out on him, but I, I thought there was some really good offensive flashes from him. You know, when you hear Zach Lowe talk about Colin Sexton as well, like I, I understand the skepticism, but maybe you shouldn't be out on him. Just you look at the point guard position as a whole. Uh, you've got a ton of young talent, and then you come to a guy like Devontae Graham. It, it's just amazing. It's amazing to see Devontae come in as a second rounder and also contribute to a team that was fighting for the playoffs and he was getting real minutes. Now we can talk about Shea Gilgis-Alexander for the Clippers. Played extremely well. Now I'm not going to pose the question of who would you rather have, Shea or Miles Bridges, just acknowledging that Shea played really well in the postseason against Golden State. You know, and Landry Shamit is a two-guard now, but played some point at Wichita State. It's crazy, man. The guard play is nuts right now. And so it's good to get your hands on one of those guys if you're the Charlotte Hornets and to get one at such great value. For the Hornets to find one of those guys with the kind of value that comes with a second-round selection, you hope that he continues to develop, but that's big. And so now we look at his future. Kimba Walker, I think you would all agree that the probability of him being on this team again next season is pretty slim. I think if you had to put money on it, you would say that Kimba's going to be gone. And so are you comfortable with Devontae Graham being the number one point guard option, even in a year where you're rebuilding, right? Which the idea is, of course, you want to suck. You don't want to be good. You want to lose as many games as you possibly can so you can get the highest pick possible. Even in that situation, I feel like you still would like to have a decent point guard that you trust a little bit more than Devontae, even though I really like him. And so I wonder what, how they're going to utilize him. I talked about this yesterday, about the usage percentage. You know, I think Devontae certainly just a, a point guard that brings up the ball anyway. You know, there, there might be some things that he sees that he decides to take advantage of himself to where point guard percentage or his usage percentage, you know, you're always going to have that a little bit more favorable than some other guys. But Devontae, having the ball in his hands, making some decisions with a Malik Monk in a rebuilding year, with a Dwayne Bacon and Miles Bridges. I, again, I, I'm so fascinated how they're going to divvy up the responsibilities on offense. And so it all, it all stems from if you are confident that Devontae Graham can be that guy, because right now, oh, Tony Parker's going to be off of this team. Kemba Walker's going to be off of this team. Oh, maybe they experiment Malik Monk at the point guard position again. You know, Shelvin Mack is, is useless. I, he's probably gone next year anyway. I mean, you're not bringing him back. I don't know. I want to see what Devontae Graham can do next year. With certainly, even if he's not the number one option, you have to think that his responsibility is going to go way up. And the one thing I'll say, I, I talked about the shooting percentages. They need to go up. He is a good decision maker. And this comes from Walker Harris on Twitter. And a lot of this information comes from the 247 Sports article talking about 
uh, Devontae Graham, and I thought it was really good. Uh, and this is right. Let me check this out. Michael Swain wrote this. A lot of the information I'm getting is from Michael Swain. Just kind of has it condensed. So shout out to him. But also shout out to Walker Harris, who, of course, I think if you follow Hornets Twitter, you might know him. Uh, he put out a, a very interesting fact that Devontae Graham finished in a tie for fifth in assist to turnover ratio in the NBA with a 4-1 ratio. And Graham also set the record for best assist to turnover ratio by a rookie. And that includes over players such as Chris Paul, Mike Conley, and Lonzo Ball. So <laughs> Devontae makes good decisions. And I think at the very least, that's what comforts me most. I, you think the shooting will come along. Just ask Kimball Walker. You think the skill set will come along. But at least the decision making is already in a pretty good place as a rookie. And you have to think as the experience, you get more years under his belt. You think that skill set will just go way up as well. Appreciate you joining us here on the Lockdown Hornets podcast, listening to me ramble about Devontae Graham and me thinking that there's a lot of value in that guy as a second round selection. We'll take another break. We'll come back. Got some NBA sound that I want to play for you guys and talk a little bit about the playoffs. It's the Lockdown Hornets podcast on the Lockdown Podcast Network. You are listening to the Locked On Hornets podcast. Did he go with Myers Leonard as his first comparison as a big man hitting from the three-point line? Oh, I mean, did I say Leonard? I meant uh, Miles Turner. Okay. <laughs> you did. I think okay. you said Miles Leonard. That was Leonard. on me. Yeah, sorry about that. That's a bad mistake. I know when I think shooting big men, Myers Leonard is the first guy that comes to mind. Absolutely. I was thinking Steve Clifford and I might be Hot the shot. same wavelength. Hot shot. There. Myers Leonard. <laughs> that's, that's his nickname. It's time for more of the Locked On Hornets podcast. Hiring used to be hard. Multiple job sites, stacks of resumes, a confusing review process. But today I got something for you guys that makes it all easier. Hiring can be easy, and you only have to go to one place to get it done. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash locked on. ZipRecruiter sends your job to over 100 of the web's leading job boards, but they don't stop there. With their powerful matching technology, ZipRecruiter scans thousands of resumes to find people with the right experience and invite them to apply to your job. As applicants come in, ZipRecruiter analyzes each one and spotlights the top candidates so you never miss a great match. ZipRecruiter is so effective that 80% of employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate through the site within the first day, one day, and you're already getting qualified candidates to work for you. And right now, my listeners can try ZipRecruiter for free at this exclusive web address. Go to ZipRecruiter.com slash locked on. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, locked on, all one word, ZipRecruiter.com slash locked on, and hiring will have never been easier. ZipRecruiter.com, it's the smartest way to hire. So I just thought it would be fun to play some of the sound throughout the NBA playoffs that have happened in the last couple of days or so. And I want to talk a little bit about this Portland and Denver Nuggets series. So we had a game last night. It was the only game on in the postseason last night. And Denver was able to come out on top in game one. But then Portland was able to take care of game two in Denver. And it's been extremely tough to win games in Denver this season. They've had one of the best home records all throughout the NBA. And so what's even crazier about Portland being able to pick up this dub is the fact that Damian Lillard did not have a good game, and yet they were still able to find a way to win and steal one of those games on the road. Damian Lillard finished just 5 of 17 from the field last night, 
scored 14 points, but only hit one three-pointer. Didn't go to the foul line a whole lot, just four trips, and only made three of those attempts. Here's Terry Stotts, head coach of Portland, on how they were able to step up in a game where Damian Lillard just didn't all that much. I thought we had a lot of good contributions at both ends of the floor. Uh, you know, sorry that, that Mo twists his ankle. I thought he got us off to a good start with his defense on Murray. Uh, Chief set the tone with his defense uh, on Millsap early. Ennis continues to do the things Ennis does for us. Um, you know, Rodney Hood was was really good off the bench. Zach Collins, uh, his contribution at the defensive end, uh, affecting shots, uh, really made a difference. So, um, you know, the the offense kind of bogged down a little bit in the fourth quarter. But, uh, you know, again, I thought uh, our defensive focus for most of the game was the difference. How about Zach Collins? We all remember that name. He was linked to the Charlotte Hornets heavily in that draft where Malik Monk was selected 11 overall. He was drafted 10th overall to the Portland Trailblazers, and a lot of people had fun that he was going to be another tall white guy that the Hornets drafted. But Zach Collins actually giving you 17 minutes last night for the Portland Trailblazers, 5 of 6 from the field for him. Rodney Hood, you heard Terry Stotts mention how good he was off of the bench. And Enos Cantor continues to get some love. With a shoulder injury, able to go 5 of 10 from the field, 15 points for him. Somebody that they got on the buyout market that's contributing that much on offense. Really stepping in offensively since Nurkic has been out. And of course, Enos Cantor isn't going to be the guy defensively that Nurkic was. But offensively, Cantor is giving you plenty. He's giving you nine rebounds. Gave you nine rebounds in this last game. Gave you 15 points, like I just said. So Cantor has done a really good job, including hitting all of his free throws last night. Five for five from the charity stripe. And what's been tough about this is he's had to go, not necessarily that Nikola Jokic is a defensive juggernaut, but he's had to battle that guy. And Nurkic would be a way better matchup for Nikola Jokic, at least defensively. And you wanted him to at least try to knock Jokic off of his spots a little bit more. It's really tough to defend that guy. I mean, he's been a phenomenal player in the postseason. But it's been interesting to see when Jokic isn't crazy aggressive to see how that affects Denver. So 7 of 17 last night. So he eventually in the second half started to take more shots. But you saw in the first quarter, just one shot from Jokic. And just six, I think, by halftime. And when that happens, I think we can go back to the San Antonio Spurs series. When Jokic was not aggressive, the San Antonio Spurs were able to capitalize on that. And Jokic is just such a feel-for-the-game type of guy. He's a tremendous passer, a very good rebounder. We know he's a triple-double threat anytime that he steps out there on the floor because he's such a good passer. Is able to get 14 rebounds in this game last night on top of the 7 assists and 16 points. But when you have him taking enough shots to get 40 like he did last series, you know, I mean, Jokic is is the key, of course. He's the best player that the Denver Nuggets have, and it's really not close despite having quite a few good perimeter players. But when Jokic isn't aggressive, you see how much that affects them negatively. And Mike Malone had this to say about what they did last night in that loss to the Portland Trailblazers. I mean, our defense was great. I mean, we held them to 97 points, 42 from the field, 31 from three. Uh, they shot 48% in that first quarter. After that, it was 40 for the rest of the game. Uh, so uh, really, it's just about us making shots. And we had 90 points. If you think about the four losses we've had in the postseason now, we're shooting 32% from three in our losses. So, uh, you know, not to oversimplify, but it's a make or miss league. We couldn't make a shot. I mean, Gary and Jamal tonight go two, four, 13 from three. I started in backcourt. Uh, got some good looks. The shots didn't go down. Um, but I do love the fact that our guys competed at such a high level, at least gave ourselves a chance, and at least played the way we need to play. Uh, but now the challenge is doing that for as close to 48 as possible. 
I will admit that I was one of the people that did not believe in Denver in the playoffs. I love the team. How can you not like all of the young guys that they have? Nikola Jokic is a lot of fun to watch, despite having a body that does not look all that fun to watch. It's just I thought the Spurs and their experience, I am a believer that Greg Popovich is the best coach of all time. When you make Boris Diaw a legitimate finals MVP candidate, when you have Danny Green be a finals MVP candidate, like, were we actually thinking about that after multiple games in a final series? Dude, give me Greg Popovich. And because you shorten your rotation in the playoffs, I thought just Denver, I, I didn't know if they had the guys to go up against that experience, especially with Mike Malone coaching in the playoffs, not as experienced as a Greg Popovich. They have Paul Millsap, which I think has really helped them just as far as the experience goes. I just was a believer that the Spurs were going to be able to take care of business. And then they falter in the last 28 seconds of action in that game. But Denver, again, getting that win against Portland, you know, this is going to be a team that I did not believe could get out of the first round, and yet they're going to get to the Western Conference Finals. I, mean, I believe there was a shot. I just had the Spurs winning. But the Denver Nuggets, they've played well, and they're tied 1-1, heading back to Port Portland. We'll see if this game and uh, this series, I should say, we'll see if it goes seven games. But kudos to the Denver Nuggets and kudos to Portland for giving us a really good series. I think it is going to continue to be pretty good. Thanks again for joining us here on the Locked On Hornets podcast on the Locked On Podcast Network. Remember, you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Locked On Hornets. Subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Overcast. Make sure you check us out on the Himalaya podcast app. But wherever you get your podcast, just search Locked On Hornets. We got Fire Friday tomorrow, not as in studio. We'll look forward to that, and we'll talk to you tomorrow.